Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? In the season's worst conditions, winter tires are a game changer. They elevate traction, control, and confidence. They sell only the best, like the full line of Kumo tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to your one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The secret to catching prize-worthy fish? Fishing like a local. Jonas Knox here with Fishing Booker. The valuable knowledge of a local guide can turn a fishing trip of no bites into the best catch of the day. Go to fishingbooker.com to discover thousands of local fishing charters from all around the world and create your perfect angling adventure with their easy-to-use online booking system. Visit fishingbooker.com and book your trip today. Fishing Booker. Fishing trips made easy. Thanks for listening to the Outkick the Coverage podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the Coverage at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by True Car. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell, uh, sell or trade in your car, Check out True Car, True Cash Offer, not available in all areas. The NFL playoffs are set. Wild Card Weekend begins on Saturday. First game that will be played, Colts at Texans, uh, will be on uh, ESPN Saturday at 4.30. Then we have the Seahawks against the Cowboys, the Chargers against the Ravens uh, on Sunday and the Eagles against the Bears. The Seahawks-Cowboys will be Saturday uh, night. So let's dive into what happened this weekend. We have got a ton of reacting to do. Uh, I want to start with Sunday night football, which ended with the Colts. Congratulations to Andrew Luck. He officially owns the Titans more so than any player has owned a franchise in the history of the NFL. Never before has a quarterback gone 11-0 and against a franchise in the modern era of the NFL. In the Super Bowl era of the NFL, never before has one player started 11-0 and against another team. That is unprecedented. That is unheard of. 
Andrew Luck owns the city of Nashville and the Tennessee Titans like one player has never owned another team in the history of the NFL. And he dominated last night. One bad throw all night. It was returned for a touchdown. Kept the game close. Blaine Gabbard is atrocious. He is a disaster. You knew at some point in time he was going to fall apart, and he did with about eight minutes to go in this game when he had an atrocious interception that effectively ended this one. That is the storyline from the Colts' perspective. From the Titans' perspective, everyone out there listening to me right now, I have gotten made fun of for the last four years for being a Marcus Mariota fan, for believing in Marcus Mariota. I can no longer defend Marcus Mariota after he didn't play last night. Some people out there are going to say, oh, it's unfair to question a guy. Let me tell you this. If you practice on Thursday and Friday and you are listed as questionable on the team scouting report, then you 1 billion percent have to play on Sunday with your team's playoff future on the line at home in what was the biggest home game in a decade. In the NFL, you may well get few opportunities to actually make the playoffs in your career. In fact, the average quarterback does get few opportunities to make the playoffs in his career. The average quarterback gets even fewer opportunities to make the playoffs in a year like this, where, frankly, I think anybody who makes the AFC this year could make a run to the Super Bowl if they just got a couple of breaks and if things went well for them. There is no dominant team in the AFC this year. I'm not sure there's a dominant team in the NFC, although I do feel like the Saints are a more substantial favorite in the NFC than anybody in the AFC. The Chiefs have not won a home playoff game in 25 years. Joe Montana was the last quarterback to win a home playoff game for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Patriots are a little bit wobbly. They don't look like the Patriots normally do as they enter into the playoffs. You've got a three seed in the Houston Texans that can't block for Deshaun Watson and is getting him killed on a game-by-game basis. You've got a four seed in the Baltimore Ravens that can't run the football. And so, sorry, that can only run the football and has a quarterback that can't really throw it. Did you see what happened at the end of that game when credit to the Ravens defense for making a play against Baker Mayfield? I think we have the audio on this. Uh, let's play the audio of the final play of the game if you happen to mention uh, to miss this. Last year, the Ravens lost at home to barely miss the playoffs. It looked like that might well happen again. Then on fourth and 10, this play happened. Fourth and 10, Baker Mayfield to throw under pressure. His pass is intercepted. C.J. Mosley picks Go it down. off. Go down. Mosley with the interception. The haze in the barn, and the Ravens are in the playoffs. And this house is on fire. They are dancing in the aisles. Happy New Year. The Ravens are back in the postseason. So the Ravens, did you see on third down when they really needed a first down what they did? They ran the freaking option like it's Nebraska in 1988. They rolled out and attempted to run the option with Lamar Jackson. I'm sorry, you can't win 
a playoff game if your go-to play is to run the option on third and five, which is what the Ravens did. Now, credit to them on how good their defense has been, but the Ravens have no chance. I mean, underline it as many times as you want. The Ravens are the one team in the AFC that I believe has zero chance of actually winning the Super Bowl. Got to have a quarterback who can make plays in the passing game in order to win the Super Bowl. The Ravens don't have one. So look, I think it's fun to watch Lamar Jackson. Maybe down the years ahead, he could develop into more of a passing quarterback. But in the meantime, I think the chances of him leading the Ravens to the Super Bowl are zero. And then look, I, I think Phillip Rivers is uh, is a good story. I actually think I'm going to pick the Chargers to beat the Ravens. I know we just saw them lose, but I think the Chargers come back and beat the Ravens. I think there's a good chance of that in the playoffs. And I think there's a good chance that the Colts go on the road and beat the Texans. I think the Colts are the superior team in that matchup, notwithstanding the fact that the Texans have found an ability to get into the playoffs uh, and and win that uh, division. But I think the Colts are better. We saw the Colts go on the road and win at the Texans a few weeks ago. I think we'll see it again. I think Andrew Luck is better than Deshaun Watson. I think the uh, Colts' offensive line protects Andrew Luck better. But uh, but that is uh, that is the playoffs. They're wide open. They are wide open in the AFC, and I think Marcus Mariota and his advisors made a business decision not to play on Sunday. And now, as much as I have been a Mariota guy, if you have gone four years in your NFL career and you have been unable to finish the season in three of them, rookie season injured before the season is complete, second year injured before the season is complete, now fourth year injured before the season is complete, you may be a great guy, and I think Mariota is. You may be, at times, have shown flashes of brilliance even. And I think Mariota has. But ultimately, you have to be available for your team at the times that they need you in order to get big money. And I just don't think Marcus Mariota is worthy anymore of being considered a franchise quarterback. A franchise quarterback plays in that game. A franchise quarterback when he is listed as questionable and practices on the field on Thursday and Friday, has to make himself available for his team on Sunday. You can say, well, he could have gotten more severely injured. Guess what? It's the NFL. Every time you take the field, you face the possibility of career-ending injury. You have to be a gladiator. That's why you get paid big money. To go out and make plays when you are able to play at all. And if you are able to practice on Thursday and Friday as Mariota was, and if you are listed as questionable for this game, you can't sit out. I'm sorry, it's the biggest home game in a decade. There's no way on earth that Steve McNair would have set out this game for the Tennessee Titans. The result is, I don't think the Titans can give Marcus Mariota money. I think it's going to be hard for him to overcome this with the fans, with his teams. I think it sucks. I wish the guy was healthy, but ultimately, you have to show up and play. It's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately league, and your health matters. Look, there's a lot of people right now listening to this show driving into work who feel like crap. 
you have to show up and play. I could do the greatest radio show on the planet. If I missed three months of work because my voice would get uh, inflamed, wouldn't be my fault. Wouldn't be my fault that I couldn't stay healthy. I wouldn't have this job. If I could do nine months of radio, but the other three months I couldn't work, I wouldn't be on the show. They'd find somebody else to do the job. I think that's what the Titans have to do. Three out of four years, Marcus Mariota hasn't been able to finish a season healthy. And everybody who listens to this show knows I've been a big believer in Marcus Mariota, but I'm also a bright line business guy. You got to be on the field in the games that matter. If you want big money, you got to be a big time player. You got to be out there sometimes when you don't feel well. You got to be out there sometimes when you are hurting badly, even. Everybody ripping Kirk Cousins today, and I certainly get it. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'm not happy about Kirk Cousins. I'm not happy about the way that season ended. But at least he was out there with his guys trying to get into the playoffs. Look, I picked the Vikings to make the playoffs. That performance they put forward yesterday was pathetic. If I'm a Vikings fan, I'm sitting around saying, man, who can we fire now? He already fired the offensive coordinator. We only put up 164 yards of offense. That's unacceptable. But at least Kirk Cousins was out there battling, even if he was bad. 20 of 33, 132 yards. I can handle losing. I can't handle not showing up for the fight. That's what Marcus Mariota did. People on Twitter, they're yapping. They're angry at me for saying it. That's the truth. Look, you come back, you want to make 20 plus million dollars a year. You got to prove to me that you're going to do everything you can. It's a gladiator league. You got to put your body on the line every week. And Mario didn't do that. You know what didn't happen? Titans didn't come out and go balls to the wall defending him either. I'll tell you exactly what I think happened with Mariota. We'll break down the NFL playoff picture. I appreciate all of you. Happy New Year in advance. Thanks for hanging out with us here on Outkick the Coverage. I'll also open up the phone lines. My guy Dub is there early fielding your calls. We'll react to everything. You can tell me if you think I'm being unfair, if you think I'm being harsh in saying that Marcus Mariota had to absolutely positively 1 billion percent play last night. If you're questionable and you practice for two different days, there's no way you can't play. Steaming air would have been out there. Stinks to be healthy. Stinks to be hurt when you need to be healthy. Stinks to put your body on the line. That's literally what the job is. You have to be willing and able to put your body on the line even when you don't feel anywhere close to 100%. If you're questionable, you ain't questionable in a big game, you got to go. If you can practice, if you can practice, and Mariota did on Thursday and Friday, then you 100 billion percent positively have to go. It's a sad truth. This is Outkeep the Coverage, 877-996-6369. I'll unpack more of this for you, and we'll talk NFL playoffs. Congrats to everybody in. Who do I think now is going to move on to the Super Bowl? We'll discuss. This is Outkeep the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back. Happy early new year. Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or 
used car, visit TrueCar to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. This is a confident show. My name is Clay Travis. We're reacting to the NFL playoffs being set. I had a great weekend. Went uh, down to Miami, watched Alabama play uh, against uh, Oklahoma in person. I'll give you a breakdown of that top of hour two. So we dive into college football and the upcoming national title game between Alabama and Clemson. But we are unpacking the games that took place uh, yesterday, including last night's game. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts uh, punched their ticket, the final team to join the 12-team NFL playoffs. I think they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. I really do with the way Andrew Luck is playing, the way they're protecting him uh, with that offensive line. Ultimately, it is a quarterback's league, and the Colts are getting hot down the stretch. One bad performance on the road against the Colts. Other than that, after that 1-5 start, they are now 9-1. Uh, and one. Did I do that math right? Live math on the air, always difficult. But one reason they got the win, because Marcus Mariota didn't play. What do I think happened? Why do I think Marcus Mariota did not go out and play? I think it's dueling doctors. A lot of people uh, who don't spend a lot of time in the medical profession don't understand that ultimately diagnoses is an art as much as it's a science. In other words, if you've ever had an injury and you go see multiple doctors, you're going to get multiple opinions. I think the only explanation for the way that we saw this thing play out is that the Titan team doctors were saying Mariota can go. Marcus Mariota went and got his own opinion, and those doctors said he couldn't go. It's the only explanation. Otherwise, if the Titan team doctors were saying, oh, Marcus Mariota's season is over, then there's no way on earth you should have had him in practice. No way on the planet to justify him being out there on Thursday and Friday in practice, even if it's non-contact. Teddy Bridgewater destroyed his leg in non-contact practice. If you are the Tennessee Titans and your doctors are saying Marcus Mariota is done, he can no longer play, he's got significant injury, then go ahead and put him on IR and finish the season that way. Still an ugly end of the season, but at least you eliminate all questions about whether or not he can go. You don't let him practice on Thursday and Friday. You don't list him as questionable. You don't have the news come out on Sunday morning that's leaked by his agent that he's not going to play. I think Mike Vrabel did not force Marcus Mariota to play because ultimately every player makes the decision whether or not he's going to go. And ultimately, Marcus Mariota made the decision, I'm not going to go, and I think in the process, basically ended his tenure with the Tennessee Titans. I think he'll come back in year five on his option year. I think he'll get hurt, and I think basically his career will be over. That's what I've seen in four years. 75% of the seasons that Marcus Mariota has played in the NFL, he hasn't finished the year. It's a cruel, brutal world in the NFL. If you can't play, you don't get paid. 75% of the time when he started a season, he hasn't finished it. I think it'll be 80% after year five, and then I think he'll be off and done. I think the Titans will be back to drafting a quarterback. I think the same thing, by the way, is going to happen with Jameis Winston. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to walk away from him after a fifth year where he doesn't get it done. Both the guys are going to be busts my opinion, based on everything that I've seen through four years. Kirk Cousins sucks. Didn't play well this year. At least he was on the field. We got a lot of calls. 877-996-6369. Going to let everybody react as we roll into the NFL games. Let's go first to Derek in Oregon. What's up, Derek? Say about Marcus Mariota, this guy is a warrior from Oregon. 
to the Tennessee Titans, uh, let's say two weeks ago or however when he was doing amazing for the team, as he always has been, the team has always been behind him because he is truly a leader. Uh, hurt or not, he's played hurt throughout the season. Had to Let's play. Had say, to play. Hold oh, on, Derek. He had to play last night. Absolutely, positively. If you can practice on Thursday and Friday, you have to be on the field on Sunday. You can't be questionable in a game that puts your team into the playoffs. Did you see how bad Blaine Gabbard is? If you don't go, your team is going to lose, and it's probably not going to be close, just like we saw last night. Blaine Gabbert is awful. Shouldn't be in the league. Doesn't deserve to be a backup. Blaine Gabbert is not good, all right? If you are Marcus Mariota and you are able to practice on Thursday and Friday, ultimately it's going to be your call. You have to go. People say, oh, the coaches took me. No, no. This is the player's call. This is a questionable diagnosis. He's not on injured reserve. He's not out for the rest of the season. Could he do damage to himself? Yes. Every NFL player that plays when he's hurt, could make himself worse. You rarely get into the playoffs if you are a quarterback of Mariota's caliber. When you play, what do we what do we say? You play to make the playoffs, right? You got to be there. You got to win the game. When you have an opportunity, Mariota had a chance. He didn't do it. Derek, I love him. Look, I think he's a great guy. Loved watching him play at Oregon. Loved watching him play in the first four years. Sometimes people are surprised when I change my opinions. I weigh all of the evidence before I come to a conclusion. Some people say, oh, you're always on one side or always on the other. No, I look at all the evidence, and when all the evidence tells me something that's different than what I believed beforehand, I don't look back and say, well, I used to have this opinion. I changed my mind. And this was a line of demarcation for me. Marcus Mariota had to be on the field. He wasn't. I don't think you can consider him the franchise quarterback anymore. Let him play in year five. He's probably going to get hurt again. And then you cut him and move on. Brutal world. I don't think it's going to happen for Marcus Mariotti. Can't stay healthy. I can be the best radio host of all time. If I miss three months every year because my voice stops working, guess what? Eventually, I'm not going to be doing radio. Can't blame the bosses. Some, it's, you got to show up and perform. Uh, let's go to uh, Wayne in Kentucky. What's up, Wayne? Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you about Marietta. Uh He... Uh, you and I, like you said, when we got hired at our job, we were hired to come and work and do our job. And because we were paid to do it, we're supposed to show up. And if we don't show up, then they'll get rid of us. And Mariana has the opportunity, but he he's just not showing up. And, you know, there's another quarterback, in my opinion, is about, is about, about the same as him, and that's Flacco. Because Flacco was hurt for three weeks, and he he, he could have come back. Now I know the coaches made the change for Jackson, and I'm glad they did. But at the same time, Flacco, for the beginning of the season, didn't want to help Jackson out. So I think he didn't even have the the attitude that uh, say he has the same attitude as Barbieto. Thanks for the call. I think Wayne has already hit the Wayne has started to celebrate New Year's early. I think Wayne just powered right through. Still going. Pour one out for Wayne. Got a lot of Viking fans who want to react to uh, Kirk Cousins. Uh, let's go to uh, Paul in Fargo. What's up? Hey, good morning, Clay. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, yeah, yesterday afternoon was, well, I mean, what else can you call it? It was a disappointing finish to a very disappointing season. Uh, Vikings fans, we, you know, we were optimistic when the season began. I picked you guys to make the Super Bowl. Our, I picked you guys to make the Super Bowl, we Paul. Had our deep- and- 
Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember you saying that. I remember you saying that when I listened to the show at the start of the year when we had our defense. I mean, we all had what we thought was an upgrading quarterback with Kirk Cousins replacing Case Keenum. Um, you know, a lot of people thought it was going to be a three-team race between the Vikings, the Saints, and the Rams to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl, and uh, obviously it didn't turn out that way. Um, you know, <laughs> at least the Vikings fans in Fargo can take some consolation in that the team that did make the playoffs, the Eagles. You know, their quarterback, Carson Wentz, played his college football in Fargo, so at least we'll be able to root for him, you know. Yeah, but unfortunately, anyway, he's still they, not they, on they, the field. Thank you for the call, Clay. Yeah. And I, thank you. I think Nick Foles maybe make $100 million. Let's go to David, Minnesota. At least Kirk Cousins was on the field, even as crappy as he played. At least he was on the field when the season came to a close for his team. Dave, what's up? Yeah, you know, I cannot... 100% blame this on Kirk Cousins. It has to come down, as Zimmer said in the beginning, everybody has to be held accountable. I believe, I, I've never wanted to say this, I've liked Zimmer from the beginning, but he has to be held accountable as well. And, you know, he might be on the cutting block, as far as I'm concerned, as a Vikings fan, for the play calling and for everything else that has come down to it. Kirk Cousins, He's he has no time. He has no you know. You can't blame everything on Kirk Cousins. You know he's got playmakers, but when you don't have time to get the ball to your playmakers, you can't really get it done. Yeah, look, I, thanks for the call. Here is a stat that's going to blow your mind. All right, and I'm going to bring in our update anchor here. I'm going to continue to let you guys call in. By the way, eight seven seven nine nine six six three six nine. It's Black Monday, New Year's Eve. Uh, the NFL playoffs are set. None of the six highest-paid quarterbacks in the league made the playoffs in 2018. Aaron Rodgers, $33.5 million. Packers done. Matt Ryan, $30 million. Falcons done. Kirk Cousins, $28 million. Vikings done. Jimmy Garoppolo, $27.5 million. 49ers obviously done. Garoppolo uh, is uh, out, obviously, since week three with the torn ACL. Matthew Stafford, $27 million, still never won a playoff game with the Detroit Lions. Derek Carr, $25 million, Raiders not close to being in the mix. I believe of the six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, four of them have never won a playoff game. Kirk Cousins never won a playoff game with the Redskins, right? Garoppolo clearly never won a playoff game. Matthew Stafford never won a playoff game. And Derek Carr never won a playoff game either. That's the six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL, none of them making the playoffs for their team. Let me go ahead and bring in Brian Finley, find out what's shaking the world of sports, then we'll continue to take your calls and we'll continue to react. Thanks, Clay. The NFL transitioning to the postseason and the AFC wildcard games, the Colts, after beating Clay Travis's Titans, will play at the Texans at 435 Eastern on Saturday. In the other, the Ravens will host the Chargers at 105 Eastern next Sunday. Baltimore safety Eric Weddle got a $1 million bonus because he made the Pro Bowl and postseason. He told ESPN that money is going towards, quote, doing something nice for all of his teammates. What a guy there. The Chiefs grab the top seed, but can they win a playoff game? That's another story. The Patriots know how to. They assume the two seed. In the NFC, the Eagles are celebrating a postseason berth. Quarterback Nick Foles is a question mark, though, for their wild card game at Chicago Sunday at 440 Eastern. According to Fox's Jay Glazer, Foles will be evaluated later today 
for chest and rib injuries, which he suffered yesterday versus the Redskins. In the other wildcard matchup, the Cowboys will welcome in the Seahawks at 8.15 Eastern. Saints the one seed, Rams the two seed. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. And quickly, Seth Davis of The Athletic reporting UCLA has fired basketball coach Steve Alford. No word yet on who the interim head coach will be. And finally, Fox's Bruce Feldman revealing Ole Miss has hired Rich Rodriguez as its offensive coordinator. That's a big get. Clay, back to you. I don't know if that's a big get or not, honestly. <laughs> uh, also, reports that Manny Diaz, I believe, is going to take over at Miami. That's a crazy story. He'd already taken the Temple job. Uh, now, two weeks later, he's coming back to take over for Mark Rick to Miami. A lot of crazy news stories over the weekend. Uh, we're live here in the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier Let's go to, I believe we have, let's see, somebody on the VIP line. If you're an OutKick VIP, uh, you can sign up at OutKick.com. You get direct access to the VIP line. Jim in St. Louis. What's up, my man? Clay, it's a pleasure to finally talk to you. Appreciate the call. Hey, um, for, I just want to take a couple seconds to say that the first, the first episode or the first um, time I listened to you, you were, you were arguing with your boys about if you could make the curling team Olympic style. Yeah, I still <laughs> believe I, I could. It, and that was awesome. And then um, I got hooked over the top with your with the tiger hunter. I just I was blown away. So VIP, it's a great a great a great little piece of money to spend on it. Um, as far as this Mariota thing, he needs to go back and watch the um, the footage of the night the 2000 Super Bowl with, with your boy um, Steve McNair. With the, yeah, with McNair and with Eddie George, those bo- and everybody else on the team. I'm a Rams fan. I'm live and die with that team. But, man, you, you hit right in the head. Mariota, if he practiced, he should have been out there. And, man, the, the guts shown in that Super Bowl, although you guys lost, it's, it's amazing. I watch it every year. So just wanted to say hi and um, love your show. Appreciate that. Uh, let's continue to take your calls. Uh, Tommy in Florida. What's up, Tommy? Man, great show. Happy New Year. Thank you. Appreciate uh, the, that. The first thing, I got, I, I got two comments. One, it's possible that Tennessee – threw Mariota out there for a couple practices and didn't put him on the IR so that the Colts would think that maybe he was going to play. Therefore, uh, I understand. Well, let me, yeah, let me respond to that because some people might say that. Then that is indefensible if you know that he has severe nerve damage and might have career-ending injury issues associated with that because putting him out there on the field to do anything of a physical nature at all puts him at further danger of injuring himself, right? So I don't care about – if that is true, then there's no way the team should have ever allowed him to practice on Thursday and Friday and should have ever listed him as questionable at all because they're 100% lying. I also don't believe that really changes the, uh, the, 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 the sort of preparation for the game at all. Like, Blaine Gabbert sucks. It's not like you prepare differently to play against Blaine Gabbert. It just makes it easier because you don't have to worry about somebody scrambling as much. So I don't buy into that, but I do think there's some people out there who would say that. Again, if it's true that you knew that he had severe injuries and was out for the season and you allowed him to practice and play and list him as questionable, then the Titans should be fined millions of dollars by the NFL for violating the injury policy. You can continue. 
Well, well that, that, that's, I, I agree. Those are, those are good points. The, the, the last point I'd like to hear your comments about is, and this is one thing with quarterbacks I never understand, and this goes to Kirk Cousins. Why does a team like Minnesota pick up a guy like Kirk Cousins and expect him to be anything other than what he's been his entire career? It's, it, it never makes any sense. After about three or four years of these guys in the NFL, and you kind of alluded this to the Jameis Winston, these guys are what they yeah. are. They're not just going to all of a sudden find some, you know, golden goose laying an egg and grab it and say, okay, all of a sudden I'm great. You know, I mean, it just doesn't sound like they take, you know, take a shower and wake up and become Joe Montana. It's not going to happen. No, I I agree with you. And all the data reflects that. I think that the Vikings said, hey, we've got Stephon Diggs and we've got Adam Thielen. There's no way that Kirk Cousins is going to be able to fail here. Look how close we were to winning a Super Bowl with Case Keenum. Cousins is going to put us on the next level because he's a better quarterback than Keenum. And I think that was the risk that they took. I agree with you. I think once you have three or four years of a guy in the league, he's not going to suddenly become a superstar. He is what he is. And so that's why I think you got to turn the page on him if you're the Titans. That's why I think you got to turn the page if you are the Bucks with Jameis Winston. They are what you thought they were. Average to mediocre quarterbacks in the NFL that are not capable of taking you to the promised land. I think that's been the, – the bill has been out on Jameis Winston for a while, and he also has off-the-field-related issues. I think Marcus, Marcus Mariota is a great dude. I think he had to play. If you practice on Thursday and Friday and your list is questionable, the NFL is a gladiatorial league. You got to go out there and play. You got to put everything on the line. He didn't do it. Eddie in Baltimore, what's up? What's up, Clay? Love the show. Appreciate that. Out of the three quarterbacks that we're talking about, uh, if you're an owner, who would you take? Nick Foles, Kirk Cousins, or Marcus Mariota? Because I think Nick Foles has proven himself he got a Super Bowl. Yeah. But I think the next quarterback out of the three – is going to be Marcus Mariota to win a Super Bowl, and he's twenty five. Yeah, I wish. I, look, I wish you were right. I don't think Marcus Mariota has a prayer of winning a Super Bowl. I just don't. I mean, I think you look in the division right now. He's at best the third best quarterback in this division. He had a chance to make the playoffs. Would you rather have Andrew Luck or Marcus Mariota? Everybody on the planet would take Andrew Luck. He's won eleven straight games against Mariota's Titans. Would you rather have Deshaun Watson or Marcus Mariota? Maybe you can make the argument that DeAndre Hopkins is the reason why Deshaun Watson is as good as he's been. I don't think it's a tough call. I think you take DeAndre Hopkins and and Deshaun Watson. I think Deshaun Watson's the best. Uh, the best. You can't. You nobody wins the Super Bowl as the third best quarterback in their division. You got to be the best quarterback in your division, pretty much, to win the Super Bowl. So I don't feel optimistic at all about Marcus Mariota's future. I like the guy. This is a put-up-or-shut-up league, and he did not put up. He just didn't. He had to play on Saturday, on Sunday. He had to play last night, and he didn't. Uh, 877-996-6369. We are reacting to the NFL playoffs being set to Marcus Mariota refusing to play, even though he was listed as questionable and practiced on Thursday and Friday, to a lot of sobering wake-up-in-the-morning to begin 2019 thoughts in the NFL if your team did not make the playoffs. What's their future is the future actually bright at all? In the case of the Titans, Vikings, I don't think the answer is yes. I don't think it is. Steelers, I don't think it is. You don't want to have an awful season. 
the worst place to find yourself is where the Vikings, the Titans, and the Steelers did. Just on the outside of the playoffs. You were competitive enough to get a crappy draft pick. Oh, great. You finished 13, 14, and 15 overall in the NFL. 12 teams make the playoff, and you guys finished 13, 14, and 15. Now you get crappy draft picks that are unlikely to help your team, and you weren't good enough to actually make the playoffs. 8-8, eight and 9-7, eight, and seven, it's a death sentence in the league. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Happy New Year in advance. Sports fans, the NFL playoffs are here. It's time to get in on the action with mybookie.net. Use promo code CLAY, that's C-L-A-Y, when you register for your account and get a 50% sign-up bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply. For entertainment purposes, only void where prohibited. Danny G, am I being too hard on uh, Marcus Mariota saying if you play on Thursday and Friday, you absolutely positively have to play on Sunday? (laughs) Clay, there were two things over the weekend that broke the internet. Grover from Sesame Street dropping an F-bomb and you being triggered by Mariota not playing. I, I had like a half hour of reading all the comments underneath your uh, your Twitter post. Just an amazing read. If Go to at Clay Travis on Twitter. I can't even. I was just looking. <laughs> no, no. I mean, in, in all seriousness, I can't even keep up with, uh, with my mentions now. I mean, like hundreds of responses on anything. I feel like Donald Trump now when I tweet, like it's almost impossible to even see my mention. Like, I mean, everything that I tweet, it's, it's wild how many responses. I appreciate all the responses from you guys, and you guys can have your own lifestyle. It's like a message board now <laughs> underneath my comments. I can't even hardly read them. Yeah, I, I do think you're being a little hard on Marcus because I read one report saying that his arm was numb. First of all, again, there is dueling doctors going on yeah. here, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt. And I think his agent has leaked things. And look, the agent's job is to look out for the player. Um if you're severely injured, then he should have been immediately put on IR and he should not have been out there practicing on Thursday and Friday and listed as questionable for this game. Questionable means you can play and it's ultimately going to be probably the player's decision. Because people say, oh, the coaches wouldn't let him play. No, no, no. The player makes the decision when they are on a questionable diagnosis. They say, okay, can you go or can you not go? And then the coach will oftentimes defend the player when they make that decision. But it's the it's the player's decision to go or not go. Okay. And say, I, oh, and they I, wouldn't let him play. No, no, no. That doesn't happen. Yeah, and I get that. But an example you gave on the air a few months ago was if there was a chance that your vocal cords were going to go at any moment and you could never speak again, you said you would sit out and not do your radio I show said, I, I said if you'd make a business decision – and that was an example of the uh, college. Right. Right? But that's a big difference because if I were already making millions of dollars, okay, which is what Marcus Mariota is doing, I said I would make a business decision if I was a college kid. If I'm a college kid, I'm not playing in the bowl game because effectively what you're telling me is, hey, go out and risk your guaranteed multi-million dollar contract on this situation. If I already make millions of dollars and there's not really an easy analogy for a radio show 
because like I don't, what's the highest level we can achieve you know it's not like we suddenly uh, ascend to the playoffs and I get into like a bracket style challenge against Dan Patrick and Colin Cowherd and everybody else to figure out who's going to be the greatest radio guy of the year and I get a huge prize at the end of that year but let's presume that like I'm already making millions of dollars let's say like Marcus Mariota and then I know that there is this huge prize at the end of the year. And I'm going to get awarded the Super Bowl of Sports Talk Radio. And that Super Bowl of Sports Talk Radio is everything that we aspire to gain. That's the reason why everybody is playing. Then I'm not sitting out because my throat hurts. I'm just not doing it. Like That's different than I think if you're making no money and you're like, oh, it totally makes a smart business decision. Marcus Mariota has made... Uh, I don't know what the total number is, like $12 million in his career, and he has a $21 million option that's already been picked up. So he's already made, even if he never plays another snap, $33 million in his career. And I just don't buy the fact that he's suddenly going to get injured and never be able to play again. Who's the last You're talking about nerve no, no, endings, though. Who is the last quarterback to get injured in a game and never be able to play again because he was so severely injured at the quarterback position. Probably Theismann. And that was in what, 1984? I mean, one of you guys can tweet me. Like, the quarterback position, it just doesn't happen that you suddenly get injured and you're never able to play again. Right? I mean, it's almost unheard of. And find me a guy who has gotten nerve damage and has never been able to play again. See, like, we don't, I don't, we don't know. I, I, I want to hear from Mariota. I wonder what a well, doctor yeah, told him to, to scare him. Yeah, He should have to certainly answer questions. But the fact that the Titans didn't cover for him is, I think, pretty big. Like, the Titans could have come out and been like, hey, Mariota had a 0% chance. In retrospect, we were dumb to put him out on the field on Thursday and Friday. That's on us. We were trying to hide the fact that and make the Colts think he was going to play. That was dumb. We blew this. They didn't say that. Marcus Mariota could have played, and he didn't. To me, that's on him. Got to be a franchise quarterback guy. You've got to go. And I just don't buy the fact that he faced career-ending injury. If he did, then there's no way he should have been on practice on Thursday and Friday. And there's no way he's listed as questionable. You're not listed as questionable if you can't throw the ball and you face career-ending injury. Hour two next. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. And we're brought to you by TrueCar. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with TrueCar, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. True cash offer not available in all areas. Uh, this is a fun show, I hope even if it's a sad day for many NFL fans out there, particularly the Steelers, the Titans, and the Vikings, who finished 13th, 14th, and 15th in a competition to be among the 12 teams to make the NFL playoffs. We'll break down all of those uh, uh, decisions for you and all the matchups as we head into wildcard weekend in the NFL. Uh, Appreciate you spending your New Year's Eve with us. Uh, my name is Clay Travis. This has been the best year professionally of my career. I want to thank all you guys for supporting everything that I do um, and everything that we do here at Outkick. Uh, the radio show has seen blockbuster growth, uh, affiliates coming on like crazy. 
Uh, I think we were up over 50% in ratings this year over last year, which is unheard of uh, for uh, this marketplace to be growing as much as we are. And that's all because of you guys. The book came out and uh, did incredibly well at bookstores. Uh, Republicans buy sneakers too. And I started a new television show. Uh, which has uh, been a lot of fun. 4.30 Eastern on FS1 every day. Lock it in. So uh, best year professionally of my life. You guys are a big reason why that is. We are reacting to the games that were played yesterday. Uh, The best uh, ending from the perspective of a team playing their way into the playoffs. Well, it was what happened in Baltimore. This on 4th and 10. Look, I think that Baker Mayfield has to be the rookie of the year set an all-time record for most touchdown passes by a rookie, actually gave Browns fans, Browns fans, reasons for optimism and uh, and just could not quite get it done. Missed one throw there on the final drive that would have had the Browns in field goal range. Uh, Baker Mayfield, fourth and 10, drops back to pass. This is what it sounded like in Baltimore. Fourth and 10, Baker Mayfield to throw under pressure. His pass is intercepted! C.J. Mosley picks Go it down. off. Go down. Mosley with the interception. The Hayes in the barn, and the Ravens are in the playoffs. And this house is on fire. They are dancing in the aisles. Happy New Year. The Ravens are back in the postseason. All right, the Ravens are back in the postseason. Saturday's games. The Colts will go on the road against the Texans. The Colts win last night, Sunday night football in Nashville. Andrew Luck owns the city of Nashville. I think you have to give him key to the city. You might have to give him key to the governor's mansion. Uh, The Colts uh, win. Andrew Luck has now won 11 games in a row against the Tennessee Titans. He's never lost to them. It's never happened before in the history of the NFL. Talk a lot about uh, never happened before. And sometimes people say, oh, Clay, you're way too much into hyperbole. Literally, this has never happened before. No NFL team and quarterback has won 11 straight before. I don't see any reason why it's ever going to end. I think it's possible I may die before I see the Titans beat Andrew Luck's uh, Colts. Uh, As a result, the Colts are into the postseason. It's even more remarkable when you consider it's a divisional game. So it's like flipping a coin and having it come up 11 times in a row in your favor. That's how good Andrew Luck is. I think the Colts will go on the road and beat the Texans, just like they did a couple of weeks ago. I think the Colts are a superior team to the Texans. I think Andrew Luck is a superior quarterback to Deshaun Watson. I'm taking the Colts to go on the road and win that one. They are 10, what are they now? 9-1 and one in their last 10, the Indianapolis Colts, after starting 1-5. and five, I think they go on the road Saturday, first playoff game, of the weekend, and I think the Colts beat the Texans. Uh, then we got the Seahawks on the road against the Cowboys. You know what? I got the Seahawks in this game too. I think the Seahawks uh, with Russell Wilson, better quarterback than Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, Re- really mirror image football teams. Uh, I think the Seahawks go on the road and beat the Cowboys. That's the Saturday night game uh, on Fox Sunday. Um, the Chargers go on the road on against the Ravens. You know what? I'm going to take the Chargers here. Uh, I think the Chargers go on the road and beat the Ravens. We'll certainly spend a lot of time talking about these uh, these games all week long, but I think the Chargers go on the road and beat the Ravens. Uh, Eagles-Bears, kind of feel like the Eagles are going to win too. Kind of feel like a four-game road team parlay uh, could be in order here um, as we break down the, uh, the games going ahead. That is your wild card weekend. Again, Colts-Texans, Seahawks-Cowboys on Saturday, and then Chargers-Ravens and Eagles-Bears 
on Sunday. Those are the four games that we will see. Of course, advancing and waiting with the bye weeks. In the AFC, your number one overall seed, Kansas City Chiefs. Number two, uh, stop me if you're surprised, the uh, New England Patriots. They will try to get ready and wait and see who they are going to play. That's your AFC bye teams. And in the NFC, New Orleans Saints sitting and waiting down in the Superdome and the Rams get a decent win against the 49ers. They await to see who will advance to play against them. We are unpacking a lot of what we saw in uh, the games over the weekend. I am saying that Marcus Mariota had to go. He is now dead to me. He was uh, he played on Thursday and Friday. I think uh, sometimes the number one thing that a quarterback has to be is available even when he's playing hurt, and he chose not to do it. Dub, am I being too tough on Marcus Mariota? It's just a tough situation because if you really can't feel his arm, like you said earlier, why is he even practicing? It just puts him in a bad spot and makes the team look bad for putting him in that situation. Yeah, and I think the idea that he can't feel his arm is not true, right? I mean, he has had a nerve issue since week one of the season. He has played with it off and on all year long. And if you are listed as questionable, then it's your call whether or not you play. And if you practice on Thursday and Friday – you have to be able to go out and play there. Uh, we, we don't have any uh, knowledge that Marcus Mariota is ever going to be this close to the playoffs again for the rest of his career. There are guys all year who will fight and put themselves into a position to try to play a game as big as what the Titans had at home last year. Biggest home, biggest home game in a decade. Uh, and he doesn't show up and play. Sorry, I don't believe in you anymore. This is a prove to me that you are the franchise quarterback kind of game. You want to make $20 million plus a year. You got to be the guy to go out and make a play. And he didn't do it. Didn't even take the field. And I think it's particularly grating in a city where Steve McNair exists. Steve McNair played through an unbelievable litany of injuries over and over and over again. The toughness meter is set at a high level in Nashville based on what Steve McNair did. So Mariota standing in a hoodie on the sideline while his team gets their teeth kicked in because they got to play Blaine Gabbert. I don't know that Mariota can come back from this. I'll be honest with you. I really don't. I don't know that he can win back over his, uh, his fans. I don't know that he can win back over his teammates. I don't know that he can win back over this organization. I think he had to play, and he didn't do it. And frankly... I think it's hard to defend him at this point. Sucks to be injured. Play four seasons, haven't been able to finish three. That's kind of what you are. You're Mr. Glass. I've been the biggest Mariota guy out there because the ceiling when he's able to play is really high. But if you play four NFL seasons and in three of them you've been unable to finish the year, you are Mr. Glass. If you don't know who Mr. Glass is, go watch Unbreakable. Go watch the new <laughs> the new movie coming out called Glass. It's about a guy who just breaks. Mariota's really talented. Should be more durable than he is. Six foot four, 230 pounds. He breaks. Sucks. Wish it didn't happen. Wish he wasn't injury prone. Could be an incredible player if he could be on the field, but you got to be on the field. Got to be a warrior. It's a gladiatorial sport. Never going to feel well. You got a chance to put your team in the playoffs. You got to be there, especially this year. When the AFC is wide open, wouldn't stun me if anybody who made the playoffs in the AFC, with the exception of the Ravens, who I think have a 0% chance 
of winning three straight games and going to the playoffs because they can't throw the ball. Other than the Ravens, I think anybody can go to the Super Bowl out of the AFC. I really do. We're opening up the phone lines at 877-996-6369. Who should we go to first uh, uh, with with all these calls, Dub? We got Jaron in Nashville. By the way, I've asked the question, find me a quarterback who's suffered a career-ending injury on the field and never been able to come back. Some people are saying Alex Smith. I, I Yes, Alex Smith had a brutal injury, and he spent a lot of time with an infection, uh, had a bad broken leg. Still remains to be seen whether Alex Smith will come back. I think he will come back, but he had a brutal injury on the field, not the kind of injury that Mariota had. Broken leg uh, is with Alex Smith and a, a severely badly broken leg, but I still think he will come back and play again. Nobody else can even give me a name. Right? Quarterback position. He had RG3, certainly has had injuries and uh, and played through those injuries, and maybe that hurt his career. I think it hurt his career that he's just not – he can't be a running quarterback in the NFL. And we've seen a lot of these guys come in and running quarterbacks and have really great runs, and then ultimately they fade out. I think that's what's happening with Lamar Jackson unless he develops into a passing quarterback. Remember how hot everybody was for Tim Tebow? Eventually he got exposed. Remember how hot everybody was for RG3? Got exposed. Remember how excited everybody was about Vince Young? Got exposed. Got to be a pocket-passing quarterback at some point. Uh, we say Jaron in Nashville. What's up, Jaron? Hello, uh, long-time fan, first-time caller. I was wondering what you thought about uh, trading Mariota for whatever we can get and then tanking for Tua. No uh, he's not the best with injuries, but, you know, at least he comes back. Yeah, nobody's going to trade for Mariota. So let's start there. Nobody is going to – why would you trade for an injury-played quarterback who couldn't finish the season? So you're not going to get any value for him. Uh, I think that the Titans are in a similar spot right now that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are with Jameis Winston. I don't think either franchise – Mariota's been better than Winston. He's won a playoff game. He's had his team in three straight winning seasons uh, with Mariota. Of course, they were all nine and seven seasons, which is kind of the NFL kiss of death because – you're good enough to be in playoff contention, but you're not good enough to really go very far once you get into the playoffs. And also, you get crappy draft picks. That's why I said, like, the three teams that I think are should be the saddest this morning waking up are the Steelers, the Titans, and the Vikings. Because you finish 13, 14, and 15 in a league where the top 12 teams make the playoffs. And as a result, you get crappy draft picks and you didn't make the playoffs literally the worst place to be if you are an NFL fan is just outside of the playoffs because you don't get the excitement of getting a player who's a top 10 pick that you think could be a real difference maker you probably get a middle of the round you know 19 whatever the math is 19 20 and 21 I think it is in the NFL draft okay quality player there not that good of a player honestly it's very rare that a guy comes in as the 20th overall pick in the NFL draft and you're like, oh, that guy was a difference maker between us being out of the playoffs and then we made the playoffs the next year with him. It just doesn't happen in the 19, 20, 21 range very often. So there's not real reason for optimism. Uh, but nobody will trade for Mariota, just like nobody will trade for Jameis Winston. Uh, those guys are not going to get multi-year deals. They're going to play on their fifth-year rookie option that both teams have picked up. And if they play well, I'm still not even sure they get a sixth-year long-term deal 
I think there's a decent chance that if uh, Mariota and Winston played well, they'd get franchised for another year, and you'd say, okay, prove to me you can be good for two straight years. Because you don't want to commit to one of these guys and give them like $70 million, $80 million, which is in the market right now, and make a decision like that. I think, look, the 2020 quarterback draft looks to be stacked. There look to be a lot of big-time quarterbacks that will be all lined up in 2020. I don't think the 2019 draft looks that good. Um, we'll see what the free agent market looks like for quarterbacks. I think somebody's going to give $100 million to Nick Foles. Might be deserved. He's been extraordinary. But by and large, I don't think there's a, a ton of reason for optimism. Let's go to uh, who's up next, Aaron in Longview. What's up, Aaron? Hey, Clay. Big fan. Congratulations on the great year. You definitely earned it. Um, you already answered my questions about Mariota, but I had a question about the Seattle Seahawks, my beloved team. Has their championship window closed with the loss of Paul Allen and the change of ownership? Are they going to be just good enough to hang in the playoff, or are they going to be good enough to get, a, get over the finish line anytime soon? Well, I mean, first of all, I love Russell Wilson. I think he's probably the most underrated quarterback in the NFL. Um, and he's had an incredible year this year. I just said running through the NFL wildcard picture, I think the Seahawks go on the road and beat the Cowboys. Um, the problem is it's really hard to go on the road and win three games. Now, positive would be if you're a Seahawks fan is what you have travels. Great quarterback, solid defense, great running game. Okay, I love all three of those attributes. But you look at the breakdown right now, if you're a Seahawks fan, you say, okay, we got to go beat uh, Dak Prescott and Dallas Cowboys. I think you can do that. Mirror image teams there. Not a uh, not going to be a shocker if Russell Wilson plays better than Dak Prescott, in my opinion. All right, then you would go probably, probably if you look at the breakdowns, probably likely that you would end up on the road because I don't think that the Eagles necessarily are going to go on the road and beat the Bears. So it's hard to know exactly how you would shake down, but you would either go on the road against the Rams or against uh, the, uh, the uh, uh, Saints, right? You feel like you played pretty well against the Rams, generally speaking. Same thing uh, with the Saints. I'd probably prefer to play the Rams, but then you got to win that game, then you got to go on the road again. I think it's just hard to win three road games, right, coming out of the wild card spot. So I don't think you're a real strong Super Bowl contender, but I think that, uh, that the future is still bright with Russell Wilson as you remake that defense and continue to build around him anew. All right, I will continue to take your calls reacting to the NFL weekend that was. I want to tell you about... Uh, what I saw watching Alabama against Oklahoma in person down in Miami this past uh, Saturday, a couple days ago. I was down for that game as well. I'll tell you what I saw there. We'll talk a little bit about the college football playoff. Continue to take your calls. Load them up, 877-996-6369. We will talk with Alex Marvez, our only guest today, Monday edition, New Year's Eve. Happy New Year in advance. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Car shopping can be confusing with terms like dealer price, list price, and invoice. True Car shows you what other people paid for the car you want so you can recognize a good price when you're ready to buy a new or used car. Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. I was down for Alabama and uh, and Oklahoma, and I'll tell you what I saw, Kyler Murray versus Tua Tagovailoa 
in a moment. But first, uh, let's go ahead and bring in, uh, I think, Ryan Finley and find out what's shaking in the world of sports. Hey, thanks, Clay. Wild card weekend coming up here in the NFL in the AFC. The Colts will play at the Texans at 435 Eastern on Saturday. Indy is only the third team in NFL history to make the playoffs after starting a season one and five. The Ravens will host the Chargers at 105 Eastern next Sunday. Of course, Baltimore beat L.A. in the regular season. The Chiefs grabbed the top seed. They have only won one playoff game since 1993. The Patriots assumed the two seed, and their resume speaks for itself. In the NFC, the Eagles are at the Cowboys Sunday at 440 Eastern. According to Fox's Jay Glazer, Philly quarterback Nick Foles will be evaluated later today for chest and rib injuries, which he suffered yesterday versus the Redskins. And in the other wildcard game, the Cowboys overcame a 3-5 start and will host the Seahawks Saturday at 8.15 Eastern. Saints the one seed, Rams the two seed. Two head coaches got the pink slip on Sunday, Buckster Cutter and Jets Todd Bowles. Hey, online car shopping can be confusing, but not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. So visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. Seth Davis of The Athletic reporting UCLA has fired basketball coach Steve Alford. One of the Bruins' losses was to Belmont, and of course Belmont, in Clay Travis territory in Nashville. That is indeed the case. Uh, Rick Bird done a good job at Belmont. Coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. Only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. I was down in Miami. By the way, the craziest story to come out of Miami is that Mark Rick has decided to retire. And within 24 hours, they go and grab Manny Diaz who had already accepted the Temple job. And so Temple now is looking for a new head coach. Manny Diaz now the head coach at the University of Miami. And we'll see if he can bring the U back. Mark Rick seemed like he had brought the U back for a short amount of time there. That's a wild story. Wild story to follow there uh, as Miami and Mark Rick decides to retire and Miami goes and hires uh, Manny Diaz from the, uh, the Temple Owls. Now, uh, I was down in Miami for the game. By the way, before I go to that, I've got a poll question up for you. Uh, we spent a lot of time talking about this on the show so far. Uh, the poll question is simple. I'm at Clay Travis. You can go vote in it. Uh, Marcus Mariota practiced on Thursday and Friday and was listed as questionable for a playoff play-in game. Do you believe he should have played the last night at home against the Colts? Um, there are a 1,000 of you who have voted so far, and 80% of you are saying yes. 80% of you saying that he should have played. Now, speaking of played, Tua came back from a high ankle sprain and played basically a phenomenal game against the Oklahoma Sooners. And this is why I've always said this. You cannot award the Heisman Trophy until the full year, in my opinion, is complete. Kyler Murray came out and got exposed in the beginning of that game. Alabama shut him down for the first quarter took control, was up 28-0, and effectively that game was over at that point in time. Alabama never after, what, about like, uh, what, five minutes in, they were up 14-0, and they were never not leading by double digits for the rest of that game. Now, credit for Oklahoma, they did not completely quit or anything like that, but you felt like Alabama could name their score against that defense. And the Tide just decided to take a lot of the air out of the game. Score at halftime is 31-10. to 10. 
Alabama's up three touchdowns. The fact that Alabama did not cover is brutal if you are a gambler because they had complete control of that game. They took a knee inside of the 10-yard line to run out the clock as opposed to covering. But that game was never in doubt. And watching that game in person, I do think it's an intriguing decision that Kyler Murray has to make. Does he decide to go play in baseball or does he go pro in the NFL? I don't see any reason why you wouldn't put your name in the NFL draft if you were Kyler Murray at this point. Somebody might take you in the first round and think, hey, this guy can be Russell Wilson. This guy can be a really high-level former baseball player who can make all the throws from all the different angles. The 49-yard touchdown pass he made was fantastic. I know he's undersized. I know he wouldn't measure that well. But why wouldn't you go in the NFL draft if you're Kyler Murray and see where you get drafted? Uh, People say, oh, you have a lot longer career in baseball, and that's certainly true. But you also have a really high chance of never making Major League Baseball. There are a lot of first-round draft picks in Major League Baseball. I'd love to know the data on this, who never end up playing in the Major Leagues. The baseball draft is massive. You have to work your way up. You have to play in the minor leagues for a long time. There are a lot of high draft picks in baseball that never make the major leagues. If Kyler Murray gets drafted into the NFL, he's going to play in the NFL, especially if he gets drafted highly. In this draft, where there aren't necessarily a lot of big-time quarterbacks, Drew Locke, I think, will go high. Will Greer's going to go high. Dwayne Haskins, if he officially comes out. But I'm not sure those are three guys that just set the world on fire for you. Drew Locke's the latest Missouri quarterback. Blaine Gabbert, no good. Chase Daniel, been around forever. Maybe Drew Locke's going to be really good. I love his deep ball throw. I like his size. I like his ability in the pocket. Will Greer, flashes of brilliance, flashes of mediocrity. Dwayne Haskins, I'm just not sold on him necessarily. Big, statuesque, pocket passer kind of guy. I can see somebody falling in love with Kyler Murray and taking him in the first round. I really can. And if that were to happen, it doesn't seem like it's an awful decision. 66% of first-rounders in the Major League draft actually make the Major Leagues. Okay, that's a good stat. Thanks, for Dub, for tracking that down. How many of those first-rounders actually end up big-time players in Major League Baseball? Half? A third? You know, this idea that if you are, people are like, well, you can have a lot longer career in baseball. Yeah, if you're really good. If you're really good, you can have a lot longer career in Major League Baseball. But if you get drafted and get into the into the situation where you're a franchise quarterback, you can make a lot of money in the NFL too. So I think Kyler Murray's got an intriguing question to, decision to make. But I think Tua should have won the Heisman Trophy. I thought on Saturday night, we saw that Tua could have thrown for 500 yards against that Oklahoma defense if he had needed to. Kyler Murray, after the game was already decided, after his team was down 28-0, made some plays. Congratulations to him. But even Oklahoma fans did not feel like they ever had a chance. It was kind of funny. I was in line coming back from South Florida yesterday. And... 
you know how it is on like Sunday, cruise ships disembark. And I was in the Fort Lauderdale airport. Massive, huge collection of people. It's a zoo in the airport. There's a lot of Oklahoma and Alabama fans there. And this guy got off a cruise ship. And uh, he was talking to some Oklahoma fans in front of me. And he said, hey, I, I didn't get to watch the game. I was on a cruise ship. He said, uh, was the game as close as the score? I don't know what the final score was. What was it, like 40, 45 to 34 or something like that? And the Oklahoma fans felt like they were like getting trash-talked, and they were like, no, the final game was the final score was not as close as the game. Even Oklahoma fans never really felt like they ever had a chance to win that football game. Defense never got a stop when you needed it to. Even when they scored 10 unanswered in the third quarter to make it 31-20, you never felt like Oklahoma remotely had a chance to stop Alabama. So Alabama gets the win. The other side of the equation, Clemson dominates Notre Dame. I think there's a legitimate question now going forward about whether Notre Dame ever gets the benefit of the doubt to make the college football playoff again. Because the last time they made the big-time game against Alabama, they got destroyed. The biggest story of Alabama-Notre Dame the last time they played was how good-looking A.J. McCarron's girlfriend was. That's how bad of a beatdown that game was. And the same thing happened minus the good-looking girlfriend against Clemson. It was an utter destruction that we saw Clemson put on Notre Dame. And frankly, Notre Dame didn't look ready for prime time. And I told you, I said, this is the challenge that the college football playoff committee has. Notre Dame was not one of the four best teams in college football. They were one of the four most deserving. But if you were just ranking teams by whether they deserved to be into the college football playoff or not, Georgia would have gotten in over Notre Dame. And Georgia would have played Clemson a lot closer, may well have beaten Clemson. Now, Trevor Lawrence, a hell of a player. Clemson has got a lot of good young talent. I love T. Higgins, a wide receiver. Um, He's going to make a lot of money in the NFL. But I think Georgia could have played that game competitively. But that's the balancing act that the college football playoff committee finds itself facing. Are you going to reward the best or the most deserving teams? Georgia was the most deserving team, but... Sorry, Georgia was the better team, but Notre Dame was the most deserving team. And so as a result, you know, what's interesting to me, I was looking at these ratings, college football playoff ratings tanked. Why didn't people watch on Saturday? I don't know. Was it because a lot of people were caught by surprise? Was it that the matchups weren't very good and most people assumed we were going to get Alabama-Clemson part four? Now people are traveling out. I'm going to travel out to Santa Clara, out to the Bay Area to go watch Alabama and Clemson play for the fourth straight year. You know, I talked to a lot of Alabama fans and some Clemson fans too. I think a lot of people are like, man, I don't want to travel all the way out to Santa Clara. It's expensive to follow your team. Both these teams have won championships recently. What they should do is just play this game in Atlanta. Would be a really difficult ticket if they did that. Instead, you got everybody having to travel all the way across the country. It's not that easy to get to the Bay Area from most of the South. Atlanta's got tickets. Got some nonstop direct flights. No nonstop direct flights to the Bay Area in the whole state of South Carolina. 
none in the entire state of Alabama. Even where I live, not that many flights in from Nashville nonstop to the Bay Area. Atlanta's got a few, but it's just not an easy trip. And so I think college football has got some Saban fatigue. I think he has so dominated the top of college football that your casual fan doesn't even tune in because they just assume Alabama's going to do to Oklahoma what they did, get up 28 nothing. I think a lot of people don't really care about Clemson, and I think they didn't believe in Notre Dame. As a result, the ratings were down like 40% off of last year. Now, last year you had a scintillating game in the college football playoff between Georgia and Oklahoma, one of the best college football games you'll ever see. But, man, that's the exception so far in terms of college football. We've played 10 semifinal games. Eight of them have been blowouts. And I think that's the biggest argument against expanding the college football playoff to eight. You thought Alabama was good against Oklahoma. Can you imagine what they would have done to Central Florida? if they had gotten to play Central Florida after several weeks to prepare, it would have been even more of a disaster. And so I think that's the best argument against expanding to eight is there just aren't eight teams that deserve to be in the playoff. Speaking of which, how about Michigan? Probably going to unpack this later in the week. Difficult to defend Jim Harbaugh at Michigan now. There's a lot of people out there who came after me when I said, look, Jim Harbaugh is the most overrated coach in the history of college football. Did you see what Dan Mullen did to him on Saturday? Early kick, maybe a lot of you didn't watch. Michigan got whipped. I think Jim Harbaugh has got a real decision to make as to whether or not he goes back to the NFL. Because based on what we saw from Michigan against Ohio State and what we saw against Florida, Florida's not a very good team this year. 9-3 9-3 and three entering this game, got dominated by Missouri, dominated by Georgia, lost by double digits to Kentucky. It's not a good football team. They're going to be good, I think, under Dan Mullen. Not a good football team right now. And to have that game go the way it did, for Michigan to come back after getting destroyed by Ohio State and then get destroyed by Florida too, by the way, I think it's hard to defend Jim Harbaugh right now. And it's hard for Michigan fans, I think, to argue, hey, you know what? We're close to the college football playoff and winning a championship. No, you're not. Can you imagine what Alabama would have done to Michigan if they had gotten by Ohio State? Would have been a bloodbath. Would have been an utter disaster for Jim Harbaugh and Michigan. Alabama would have destroyed them. Might have beat them by 50. I, I don't think Michigan is even close to being a championship caliber team. I think if you're a Michigan Wolverine fan, in the wake of that defeat, you had to sit back and say, you know what? I think Clay Travis is right. Jim Harbaugh is okay. I think maybe it's time to acknowledge that our ceiling as a program, 9-3, 10-3, maybe if everything goes perfectly, that's your ceiling. A lot of difference between Alabama and Michigan, between Clemson and Michigan. Hell, there's a lot of difference between Ohio State and Michigan. Jim Harbaugh has not adjusted to the current offensive reality in the college football game, and his pro-style offense looks pedestrian and slow compared to everybody else. Going to open up the phone lines, take your calls to finish off hour two. Uh, Poll question up, should Marcus Mariota have played 
uh, given the fact that he practiced on Thursday and Friday. We have spent a lot of time discussing that on this show. Uh, We will also, uh, at the uh, second segment of Hour 3, talk with Alex Marvez, have him break down all of these NFL wildcard matchups and what he is hearing as Black Friday arrives and many coaches will officially be relieved of their duties across the NFL. Happy early New Year. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. Hey, sports fans. It is wild card weekend in the NFL, and you may well want to gamble on the games. And if you do, get in on the action with mybookie.net. Use promo code CLAY when you register for your account and get a 50% sign-up bonus. No deposit necessary. Terms and conditions apply for entertainment purposes only void where prohibited uh that is mybookie.net promo code clay c-l-a-y go get hooked up there um we are uh, reacting to the weekend that was in college football and in the nfl uh we got a couple of different people who want to jump in i, I think a couple of interesting points here um we have the uh the numbers on we we're talking about kyler murray and the decision he's got to make and there are, of the first round uh, Major League Baseball draft picks, a small number of them in general end up having three-plus year Major League Baseball careers, around 40% or so. You actually have a higher probability of having a multi-year NFL career if you are a first-round pick than you do if you are a first-round pick in Major League Baseball. So I understand everybody out there who's making the argument, oh, longevity-wise, Kyler Murray should go to Major League Baseball. I don't think so. If he, if he could be a first-round NFL pick, he's actually got better longevity at the quarterback position than he does in Major League Baseball. And by the way, the other thing is, I think if he went to the NFL and it didn't work out for him after his rookie contract, he could always go back to Major League Baseball. I don't think if you go into Major League Baseball that you could ever come back and play football again. So I think there's a pretty strong argument that Kyler Murray should go to the NFL instead of Major League Baseball if he wants to have the best chance to maximize a pro career. And that's a little bit counterintuitive, but when you look at the numbers, I think there's a strong argument there. Uh, Kyle in Kentucky, what's up? Hey, Clay. Love the show, man. Uh I'm fairly certain of this. I don't have Google in front of me because I'm driving, but I believe when King Griffey Jr. went into the Hall of Fame, he was the first number one pick in the history of the Major League Baseball draft to go into the Hall of Fame. So That, that, that might be well be true, but remember, right Kyler Murray was not the number one draft pick. I think he was number nine overall. One of the guys can look that up for me. I think he was number nine overall in the first round of the Major League Baseball draft. But uh, but you might be right about King Griffey Jr. as the overall. As a reference to how the success rate is. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, well, yeah, but I think King Griffey Jr. was the number one, thanks for the call, was the number one overall number one pick, right? I think he was the first pick in his draft. And then going into the Hall of Fame may well, uh, may well be true. There are certainly a lot of guys who have been first round picks and gone into the Hall of Fame. I don't I mean that that would that that is not true, but I think again Kyler Murray is a first round pick 
he wasn't the overall number one pick in the first round. But if you look at the statistics over the last several years, you're guaranteed a four-year contract if you are a first-round pick in the NFL. Now, I'm not 100% sure that somebody would take Kyler Murray in the first round of the NFL uh, draft. But why wouldn't you put your name in and go through the process and see where your name got called? And if you're a first-round pick, go ahead and try out football. And if it doesn't work, you can leave. If a couple of years in, you're like, man, you know what? I'm not tall enough. I'm having trouble seeing over the line of scrimmage. I'm not able to make plays. I'm not winning this job. I'm not a franchise quarterback. You go back into the NFL, go back into Major League Baseball. I, I don't see why that's a difficult decision at all. Uh, let's go to Chris in Michigan. What you got for me? Hey, Clay, love the show. Um, yeah. As far as Harbaugh, you know, the money's there at Michigan. I don't know who they'd replace him with. And the other thing, ESPN is pissed. Their announcers aren't going to get off of who's playing and who's not playing in these games. You know, it's it's going to make it unwatchable. I get tired of hearing, you know, watching that Michigan game, almost wanted to turn it off. Oh, we got four players that aren't playing in the bowl game. Big deal. You know, talk about the players that are playing. Yeah, you know what, and I thanks for the call. I do, I do think the guys sitting out the bowl games is becoming overrated. And what I mean by that is the guys who are sitting out the bowl games aren't overall impacting the outcome that substantially. Michigan went out and lost and got whipped. If they had had all those guys who were sitting out, they would have still gotten whipped, right? Like the average fan overreacts the overrates the impact of one or two players. If your quarterback is sitting out, then things can change. Like West Virginia when Will Greer decides to sit out, the line moved 10 points. All right, that's a big change. That was a fundamental alteration in the game. Unless your quarterback is sitting out, things aren't really changing in a substantial way. All right, when we come back, top of hour three, we will dive back into the NFL playoff picture, talk about the wild card games. Uh, also, we will talk with my guy, Alex Marvez. He will join us in hour three. This is Outkick the Coverage. Appreciate all of you. Happy New Year in advance. Uh, appreciate all the support you guys have given the show over the past year. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Live from the Geico Outkick Studios, where 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. Appreciate all of you spending your New Year's Eve with me uh, here on Outkick. Been a great year for us. I hope you guys have had a good 2018. I hope you all have a safe and fun uh, turn into 2019 if you decide to stay up. Uh, for New Year's Eve. If you decide not to stay up for New Year's Eve, uh, then I certainly understand that because guess what? Your kids probably are not going to sleep in on New Year's as well. Uh, we have the NFL wildcard games all set. And really, there was not a great deal of drama except for in the AFC North race, which came down between the Baltimore Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Steelers gut out a win over the Cincinnati Bengals, then stay out on their field to sit and watch the ending against uh, the Ravens, the, the Cleveland Browns, Baker Mayfield, who I think should be your rookie of the year, is driving late, misses a throw. I think it was on uh, second down. Misses a throw on second down to Jarvis Landry that would have likely 
put the, uh, the the Browns into field goal range. Now, the Browns missed a field goal at the end of the first half that was very makeable, uh, but they would have had a chance potentially to, uh, to kick a field goal. Misses a throw on second down that I think he would like to have back. And then on fourth and 10, this is what it sounded like from the Baltimore Ravens radio network. Fourth and 10, Baker Mayfield to throw under pressure. His pass is intercepted. C.J. Mosley picks Go it down. off. Go down. Mosley with the interception. The Hayes in the barn, and the Ravens are in the playoffs. And this house is on fire. They are dancing in the aisles. Happy New Year. The Ravens are back in the postseason. One year after Andy Dalton comes in and knocks the Ravens out of the knocks the Ravens out of the playoffs and puts the Bills into the playoffs. The Ravens narrowly avoid disaster. They go into the playoffs. I got to say this. I think that Lamar Jackson is the only quarterback in the AFC who can't take his team to the Super Bowl. And in particular, if you were watching this game late, did you see what play the Ravens ran on third and five trying to run out the clock up by two points? They ran Lamar Jackson on the option. I'm sorry, third and five with a chance to end the game when you know Baker Mayfield is going to get the ball back and drive and have a chance to win the game. You have to have a quarterback that you're comfortable with throwing the football, and the Ravens don't have that. I don't think the Ravens have a chance to win in this year's playoffs with Lamar Jackson. I mean, look, they have a great defense. They have a very good rushing attack, and if they keep the game close or they have a small lead, then they can find a way to win and gut out victories. But ultimately, I think what RG3 has shown us so far, and frankly what Josh Allen has shown us so far too, is they're a little bit of flash in the pan running quarterbacks. And what we've seen with Tim Tebow and what we've seen with RG3 and what we saw with Vince Young is If you're a rushing quarterback, you can have a really good start to your career, but you never actually advance very far at all. Not saying the Ravens can't win a playoff game. They might. Remember, Tim Tebow beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in overtime, but they are going to get exposed at some point in time. If the Ravens win and they were to go on the road, for instance, against the Patriots, I think it would be a disaster for the Ravens. I really do. Now, defensively, they can make plays. They may be able to keep it close. There's no way that Lamar Jackson would have success against a Bill Belichick defense. So we'll see exactly what ends up happening. But for the wild card setup, the Colts, I was at this game last night. The Colts came into Nashville, and Andrew Luck owns the city of Nashville. He just does. He's won 11 straight games against the Titans, which is unheard of. Nick Saban has won 12 in a row against the University of Tennessee. Now, that's a unbelievable streak of dominance by Nick Saban. But it's not unheard of for a college football team to win 12 in a row, even in a rivalry setting. What is unheard of is never happened before in the history of the NFL for a quarterback to own uh, another franchise like Andrew Luck owns the Titans. And I started off the show talking about this. 
Congrats to the Colts. Props to Andrew Luck for getting it done. I think the Colts are going to go on the road and beat the Texans. I think they're a better team than the Texans are. We saw them go on the road and win a couple of weeks ago. I think the Texans will lose to the Colts. But I think the story coming out of last night's game, Titans and Colts, was Marcus Mariota not playing. I opened the show with this. The Titans let Mariota practice on Thursday and Friday. On Thursday and Friday, he practices. And then on Sunday morning, even though he's listed as questionable, suddenly comes the report that he's not going to play. Unacceptable. Unacceptable on all levels. If he is so injured that he's not able to play in a playoff game at home, the biggest home game in a decade, then there's no way he should have been on the field on Thursday and Friday in practice. And there's no way he should have been listed as questionable. He should have been out. Should have been on IR. Should have never been any doubt that he was not playing all week long. When you put a guy as questionable and when he plays on practices on Thursday and Friday, when he's on the field, what you're telling me is he gets to make the final call on whether or not he plays. And Mariota made the final call and said, I'm not going to play. Might be the smart decision. Might even be the right business decision for him. But I think it cripples him for fans, and I think it's going to hurt him in the locker room in the long term. And I think it hurts him with this organization. You play your entire career to have a chance to get into the playoffs and compete for an opportunity to go to the Super Bowl. We don't know if Marcus Mariota will ever be this close to the playoffs again. And in a playoff situation this year where it's as wide open as possible, I think you have to play. Period. I think that's the truth. Now, the Titans organization may come out and they may defend Marcus Mariota. And they may say, oh, this was our call. Don't believe it. When you're listed as questionable and you go out and you practice on Thursday and Friday, you can make the call to play. Your team is not going to say, no, 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 you can't play. And I think the result is this. Look, Marcus Mariota has played four years in the NFL. If you listen to this show, you know I am a big Mariota proponent. But ultimately, the NFL is a business. And Mariota has been unable to finish the season in three out of the four game seasons that he's played this year. Got knocked out in three out of the four seasons. No way you can commit to that guy long term. You can't give him $100 million. Can't do it. I feel the same way about Marcus Mariota as I do Jameis Winston, not franchise quarterbacks. Nothing in four years has convinced me that those these are the guys in year five. Mariota's been better than Winston. He's won a playoff game. He's had three straight winning seasons with the Titans, something they've never done before. Of course, the winning seasons are nine and seven. But there's nothing about Marcus Mariota that's made me convinced, hey, this is a guy you can give $20 million plus two a year. I think you could find yourself in the same situation Alex Smith is in with the Redskins right now. Except Alex Smith had a lot more durability than Marcus Mariota. Alex Smith gets injured. Redskins are up against it because they've guaranteed him so much money. You bring back Marcus Mariota for year five, and I think you do the same thing now with Jameis Winston. You let him play under their fifth-year option in year five, and then you make a decision. If they can stay healthy, if they put you in the running to make the playoffs, 
then you can make a decision about their long-term future on the franchise. Uh, if you still don't feel like, hey, this guy's worth a lot of money long range, franchise him. I think Mariota is the perfect franchise quarterback option. If you don't think a guy can stay healthy, why would you want to play him on more than a year-to-year basis? Jameis Winston's had off-the-field-related issues, but I think the Bucks and the Titans are in the same spot. Let him play out year five. See how year five goes, and then probably make him an offer that is nowhere near twenty million plus a year, unless year five is just like an MVP caliber season. And then franchise him if you feel like you want him for year six, and make him stay healthy and be studs for two years in a row. And then if you see that, okay, you go out and you make the commitment to him. But I've seen nothing to suggest that Marcus Mariota is the guy or that Jameis Winston is the guy long-term that you should be investing a lot of money in. I'd rather have Nick Foles than both. You told me right now you can have Nick Foles for the next five years, or you can have Jameis Winston or Marcus Mariota. I'm taking Nick Foles. I I mean, guys won a Super Bowl, and have you watched the way he's played down the stretch with the Eagles? Nick Foles looks like a franchise-caliber quarterback. Now, maybe it's fool's gold. Maybe somebody's going to give a lot of money to Nick Foles. going to turn out like Kirk Cousins. Could happen. But it's hard to find quarterbacks. And if you think you just have a mediocre one, the last thing I want to do is be connected to a mediocre quarterback who has a major injury history. I think there's a good chance of that being the case. We'll ask Alex Marvez about all this. We'll break down all of the NFL wildcard games. If you're just waking up across the country, Happy New Year. This games have been set. Saturday, we will see Colts, Texans, Seahawks, Cowboys. And then on Sunday, we got Chargers, Ravens, Eagles, Bears. We'll break down all those wild card matchups for you uh, with Alex Marvez. He joins us every single Monday. He will join us next. It's Alex Marvez at Alex Marvez on Twitter. This is Outkick the Coverage, New Year's Eve edition. Happy New Year to you guys early. Thanks for spending your New Year's Eve, the early part of it anyway, with us here on Outkick. Be safe tonight. This is Fox Sports Radio. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. We're brought to you by TrueCar. When it comes to selling or trading in your car, you need to make good choices. And with TrueCar, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out TrueCar. True Cash offer not available in all areas. About to be joined by Alex Marvez. But first, Brian Finley, what you got for me? Hey, thank you so much, Clay. The NFL turning now to the playoffs. The AFC wildcard games will feature the Colts at Texans at 435 Eastern on Saturday. And the Ravens will host the Chargers at 105 Eastern next Sunday. According to NFL insider Adam Schefter this morning, L.A. running back Melvin Gordon will play despite coming off the field yesterday with an apparent injury. And tight end Hunter Henry, who had an ACL tear during the offseason, will suit up as well. In the NFC, the wildcard matchups are the Eagles at the Bears Sunday at 440 Eastern and the Cowboys versus the Seahawks Saturday at 815 Eastern. Saints, of course, the one seed, Rams the two seed. Bucks and Jets are way out of the postseason hunt, so what do they do? They fire their head coaches on Sunday, Dirk Cutter with Tampa and New York with Todd Bowles. And please don't expect those two to be the only ones let go. Hey, you need to make good choices, and with True Car, you've got a star on your roster. So when you're ready to sell or trade in your car, check out True Car. True cash offer not available in all areas. 
Seth Davis of The Athletic reporting UCLA has fired basketball coach Steve Alford. He and the Bruins have a four-game losing streak right now. And finally, the University of Miami has named Manny Diaz as its next head football coach. That was on Sunday this coming after Mark Rick retired Sunday morning. Clay, back to you. We are coming to you live from the Geico Outkick Studios where it's easy to save 15% or more on car insurance with Geico. Go to geico.com or call 800-947-AUTO. The only hard part, figuring out which way is easier. That's a crazy move at Miami for Mark Rick to be uh, retiring and for Manny Diaz to be brought back 24 hours, uh, within 24 hours of uh, Rick retiring from the job he'd already accepted at Temple. Just uh, absolutely wild. Let's bring in Alex Marvez. Let's start here, Alex. How many NFL head coaches do you think are going to get fired by the end of today? Well, we got two, right, that we're still waiting on, Vance Joseph. And actually, it's weird because I got some mixed signals on whether Vance would be back, even though all signs are pointing to him being out. But the Broncos didn't announce anything after the game. A lot of times teams do that. I think in the case of the Arizona Cardinals, and this may sound goofy, but it's it's awkward when the coach is fired and being on the same flight, you know, all the way back home. <laughs> right. And, you know, so I think in the, in this case with Steve Wilkes, we'll probably wait until the morning to go down that rabbit hole. And, and you know, we, it may be a day or two after that. I think the, the Cardinals, too, just have to see the landscape of, okay, what's out here? Do we want to let this guy have another shot? And is Steve Keim, uh, you know, the right general manager? But you notice it, it's interesting, too, like, Tampa Bay and the New York Jets, they're keeping their general managers. Well, isn't one of the reasons that these head coaches didn't succeed because some of the personnel decisions weren't all that great? Hmm, interesting how these teams seem to be giving executives more run here. And, you know, in the case of McCagnan and in the case of Jason, Mike McCagnan and Jason Light with the Jets and Bucks respectively and their head coaching changes, you know, the argument's now going to be made, well, they can hire their own guy rather than being matched with someone. It worked out with Matt Nagy, uh, you know, and Ryan Pace in Chicago. We'll see if it works out for these guys, but paint me a little bit skeptical. Uh, we're talking to Alex Marvez. Go follow him on Twitter at Alex Marvez. All right, let's start with Sunday Night Football. I uh, So the Colts and Andrew Luck uh, are, I think, good enough to win the AFC and, the, and, and go to the Super Bowl. So let's start on that side. They're 9-1 and one in their last 10 uh, after starting, I believe, 1-5. and five. And uh, and I think they're going to beat the Texans on the road in that wild card game. Um, do you uh, agree with me about the Colts and the fact that they're good enough to win the AFC in this year where it seems like it's totally wide open? And uh, what did you think about what you saw from Andrew Luck last night? Well, a couple things about this. I think it, it's, it's matchup-wise, they match up great against Houston, right? I mean, yep. T.Y. Hilton averages 100 yards receiving a game against the Houston Texans during his career. I mean, and that's back when the Colts didn't have a great offense. And, you know, T.Y., by the way, 951 yards in receiving uh, since week eight. It is the highest average in the NFL. He's averaging 105.7 yards per game during that span. But, you know, what? And we're talking about Andrew Luck and this Colts offense. Let's not give short trip to this defense here. They have allowed the fewest points in the NFL since week nine. How about that? 131. That is it. And Darius Leonard obviously leading the way with a franchise record, 163 tackles. What an incredible rookie. I mean, Pierre Desir, 
you know, a, guy, a young man, I think he came out of Lindwood or something college. I'm not joking when I say this. In, you know, weird travel uh, story for him to make it to the league, but he's actually becoming a bit of a shutdown guy and not letting opposing wide receivers take over a game. And, you know, Danico Autry, hey, if you're not good enough to rush the passer for the Raiders like Khalil Mack, why don't you go ahead and do it somewhere else? He's done a nice job on that front, too. But I like this. I like the matchup against Houston. I don't like their possibilities maybe going elsewhere. And when I say that, outdoor, indoor team playing outdoors potentially in Foxborough. Andrew Luck has never beaten Bill Belichick. He didn't do it again this season in Foxborough. And the same thing with Kansas City, playing outdoors. I'm just not sure if they're really that, they're at that step yet that they can do this. I don't want to sell them short, but I think win Sunday or win this weekend, very possible. In the first game, uh, continue it in week two, not so much. Ugly end of the season for the Tennessee Titans. Marcus Mariota goes out and practices on Thursday and Friday. He's listed as questionable. And then on Sunday, news comes out and they, uh, and they say, oh, he's not going to play. Uh, what happened there? What do you think the future is for Mariota? You know you've been on this show a lot. I'm a Mariota yeah. believer coming in. He's lost me. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, this four seasons now, three of them he hasn't been able to finish because of injury. Not playing uh, on last night to me uh, after you go out and you're practicing on Thursday and Friday and you're listed as questionable. I, I, I just either the Titans have bungled this or he has. Um, and uh, also in this situation now, I don't think you can commit to him long term because of his health status. Like it's a little bit different than maybe with Jameis Winston where you question a lot of the decision making. I just think it's unfortunate. Like Mariota hasn't been able to stay healthy. And if I'm going to be committing $20 million plus for years to come on a quarterback, he's got to be able to take the field and he's got to be able to finish the season. Well, a couple things about this. Number one, let's not forget the subterfuge that goes on in the NFL. The only thing that people saw from Marcus Mariota when it came to the reports about him practicing is that they see him throwing a football on the side while the team is warming up to go practice. And they listed him as questionable, and if we were to take this ESPN report at its word that you know he was going to potentially suffer permanent damage that would not allow him to continue to play football if he took the wrong type of hit, well, I really let's, can't let believe me, let me this. Stop, let me stop there. Every single quarterback, if they take the wrong hit, could suffer permanent damage and not be able to play again. Like that but is the not risk every of quarterback is having a sp- not every quarterback is having a spine specialist tell them entering a game you have suffered an injury. Okay, if, you if that is to tr- play. Okay, if that is true though, Alex, there's right. no way on earth he should be on. If you're using the injury history in any way, the injury report in any way is valid. There's no way on earth that he should be out on the field in a helmet in a uniform doing anything at practice on Thursday and Friday. Period. Then period. The, they, the, like then the, the Titans NFL should get fired. Titans should get fined a billion yeah. dollars if that is true. If this guy could get paralyzed, if he just like we know, a lot of times it happens in non-contact situations. The Titans should get fined a billion dollars by the NFL because they put a guy out in practice and said he was questionable when there was a zero percent chance of him playing, and also he could have gotten paralyzed in practice. All right. My well, argument is no argument play. And by the way, what about a lawsuit when it comes to potential gambling and liability? Yeah, if you're talking about teams that aren't on the up and up, and they're not they're not listing players because, like you said, if there's a, if there's a serious a risk, then someone needs to be accountable, right? If and you think special- the guy's going to get paralyzed, if that's what you believe, if that report is accurate, and and what I think happened here is multiple different doctors giving multiple different diagnoses, and I think that the one that they decided to put out, I think it was Mariota's agent leaking it. 
is the worst, most devastating one possible to cover for the fact that his guy wasn't going to play. Um, and so people are like, oh, well, he could have gotten paired. Like every single time a quarterback lines up under center, he could suffer career-ending injury. It usually doesn't happen. Maybe it's going to happen with Alex Smith. Uh, we asked this question earlier. Can you remember a quarterback who has gone into a game and gotten injured to such an extent that their career was over? Uh, Greg Cook, Cincinnati Bengals. When was uh, that? 19, 1969. He would have been their franchise quarterback. I mean, I'm just I'm going in order. I mean, if you want me to keep There's going. not very many. When's the most recent? Well, I mean, let's. I, I mean, you just asked me this question on the spot. I can yeah, keep no, going no. Bert, my point. I can keep going. Burt Jones in 1976. My point is, it doesn't. Guy, it doesn't happen very often. No, it doesn't happen very often. But not very often are guys being told that if you play in a football game based upon a prior injury, and we're talking a prior injury here, we're talking about that situation. It's a different deal when a player steps on the field. Of course, they're assuming a risk of being hurt. It wasn't that they told Alex Smith before the game, hey, listen, uh, you know, you're, you're at a higher risk of tearing up your leg because of an, in- of an injury. No. I mean, that's the whole thing. And, and, you know, I would love to get more clarity of this, more than what Chris Mortensen is reporting and where his, you know, and, and the sources, and is this truly accurate? I mean, look, and, it, and it's funny, too, because Dr. David Chow, you know, pro football doc on Twitter, he's been saying all week long he doesn't expect Marcus Mariota to play, and he didn't expect him to play again anytime soon based upon the nature of what he believed the injury was. But it leads to some questions about transparency in the NFL and these injury reports. And, you know, are, are the Tennessee Titans going to get into trouble? And is someone going to say, listen, this is ridiculous. You have have to be if with the public trust that is put in you now with legalized gambling you must be more forthright in the way that you handle injuries than you've been in the past to me that that's as big an issue as anything going going on here because i think that the titans were trying to keep the indianapolis colts in the dark and in the process putting the public in the dark as well when it comes to the status of their quarterback and with all the legalized gambling now if this isn't in today's nfl i don't think you should be allowed to do that if the titans also did that they threw their quarterback under the bus because when you let him go out and practice on Thursday right. and Friday and you list him as questionable, then the expectation, I think, among reasonable people is this person, this player, is uh, healthy enough to potentially play in the game, right? And if that were never the case, then the Titans threw their quarterback under the bus. Um, I, and, and what they should have done, too, is if – what play what they should have done, too, and I'm sorry to interrupt, but, you know, this is your show after all. But, but I mean, if, if there was a, a diagnosis, let's say it comes in Friday or Saturday, then you needed to change his status on the injury report. You needed to get him out of this game, not 90 minutes before, you know, the, before kickoff of the game, but legitimately declare him out well before upon receiving that information. So something happened in the chain of command somewhere that's messed up, and let's see if the NFL acts upon it and people are banging the drum loud enough to get them to pay attention to it because I think the public should be upset about the lack of transparency here by the Tennessee Titans when it comes to this player. And you're right, the Titans doing Marcus Mariota no favors with the way that they're handling this. And players are told, don't talk about injuries. Remember when Pat Shermer was leaning on Odell Beckham Jr. to not talk about how badly he was injured? And it it often happens, you know, coaches and GMs, uh, they do not feel other players' pain so to speak. So I, I agree with you in that there should be some transparency to this. But, I mean, and Mar- Mariota, here's the deal. I really think it's a one-year type of thing with him. They'll pay him the $20 million remaining on his rookie contract. There's no other option on this team at quarterback. And the upside that Marcus Mariota has, coming off of a record-setting season by all accounts, when it comes to the statistics he posted, still gives them the best chance in 2019. Now, if you're the Titans, too, do you draft a quarterback in the second or third round, try to develop a more credible backup than Blaine Gabbard? You should. You know, at this point, you're, you're a pretty stock team as it is. 
the Titans. So I, I think you move in that direction and you couch it, or you just say, you know what, screw it, we'll go ahead, we'll go 2020, no safety net, we're going to count on Marcus Mariota, and if it doesn't work out, well, we'll have the cap space to make a move in 2021, either in the draft or more likely a veteran player, but I would like to see them draft a quarterback early on to, to couch their bet with Mariota. Mariota and Winston. Are we effectively in the same spot? I mean, I think Mariota has been more reliable than Winston, certainly yeah. off the field, right? Um, and, and on the field, I think, as well. He's had three straight winning seasons. Um, but I don't think either franchise is sold on their guy. So you go back, give them $20 million in year five, and then you wait and see what happens. Can they stay healthy? Can they put their teams in the playoffs or whatever else? And then you've got the franchise tag hanging out there, right? Even yep. if you're not convinced after year five, you can be like, hey, you know, we can't work out a long-term deal. To me, that seems like it makes the most sense by far so you don't get caught with one of these massive, uh, you know, we'll get to the Kirk Cousins situation here in a minute. Is that kind of where you think both franchises are? Absolutely. Listen to these numbers for the Bucks. I mean, and this is just uh, this is fascinating to me. And I know Ryan Fitzpatrick played some, but largely Jameis Winston this season, right? 5,125 net passing yards, the fourth highest total in NFL history, 396 points, 6,648 yards, 49 touchdowns, 36 passing TDs, 388 first downs, and a 46% conversion rate on third downs. All of these franchise records, and you finish 5-11. and 11. So what is exactly broken on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? It's the defense, right, and the inability to, to, turn, to get turnovers. And also Jameis Winston, at least once a game, you, you just sit there and you, you shake your head. Hey, what are you doing, Jameis? Why, why don't you have pocket presence? Jameis, why are you making that throw? Jameis, why did you have ball, bad ball security? And, and I don't know if you're going to get better offensive coaches than Dirk Cutter and Todd Monken, who worked with him on a continual basis. So, but you know what? By the Bucks keeping Jason Light as their general manager, to me it indicates Jameis Winston will be back for one more year. And, yeah, I mean, we'll see who ends up as head coach. A lot of positive buzz about Bruce Arians, although I'm not sure if Bruce's, you know, depends upon the staff he gets together. Bruce could have, by the way a powerhouse staff coming to Tampa Bay. If he wants to bring in Todd Bowles as a defensive coordinator now that he's out with the Jets, you want to get Freddie Kitchens if he's potentially available in Cleveland, or even Byron Leftwich, who is his protege. Harold Godwin is still out there. I mean, you could get that old Arizona crew back together if you think that's going to help Jameis Winston play better football. But I'm with you. One-year prove-it deal for Jameis. One-year prove-it deal for Mariota. And by the way, not a great free agent class of quarterbacks, I don't think, unless you're really sold on Nick Foles and nothing in the draft is going to float your boat, I don't think, as far as taking a guy as your future franchise quarterback for either of these teams. Kirk Cousins, if you're the Viking, if you're a Vikings fan waking up this morning, um, just an absolute disaster of a game against the Bears. You can't fire the offensive coordinator now. What's the story there? Well, I mean, I think what people expect of Kirk Cousins because of the contract and all of the hype surrounding him, that, that he was going to be Dante Culpepper, Randall Cunningham, and Fran Tarkenton all rolled into one. And he wasn't. I mean, that's never been Kirk Cousins. He's been an efficient quarterback who needs a good supporting cast around him to take a team to where he wants to be. He's generally not going to get you beat. He's going to be very good with a completion percentage, and I do believe he completed 70% of his passes this season, but he's not a game-changing quarterback. And I, and I just, and listen, I, I get where the Vikings were at. They just thought, okay, we can surround this guy with enough talent at the running back position, have a good offensive line, and the defense will make game-changing plays. This defense was not very dynamic this season. Yeah, we look at the yards, and they gave up the third fewest number of yards, but big play 
They weren't there. They got stale on the defensive side of the football. And offensively, it never clicked. And, and listen, the passing of Tony Sperano in the, in the preseason, you know, that was devastating for this team. It, the offensive line just wasn't all that great. I think that's a miscalculation there. But Kirk Cousins is going to bear the brunt of this. They need to build up better around him. Listen, you're not doing anything with the guy. You're, I don't want to say you're stuck with him. He's your quarterback for the next two years. But I worry that the Vikings under Mike Zimmer may have peaked, and we may have seen the best of the Vikings last year because, really, this team, with everything on the line yesterday, needing to show up against the Bears, and even with the Bears pulling their defensive players with about six minutes left in the game because they knew that they had the, uh, the number three seed already wrapped up, well, at that point, and you can't win, I think that speaks volumes about, how, about this Vikings team in 2018. How much is Nick Foles going to get on the open market? Ooh, you know, that's, he's still, it's interesting. He's like a weird, it's a weird deal. It's like, uh, let's say butterscotch ice cream, right? It's not going to be tasty for everyone. I think there are some teams that perceive Nick Foles as, wow, this is a, this is a guy that can, you know, be a difference maker for us and right place, right time quarterback. Like I can see the Jacksonville Jaguars, for example, thinking, man, Nick Foles is perfect for us. Veteran leadership, you know, smart guy. He's won a Super Bowl. He, you know, he can do better than Blake Bortles, that type of thing. So I would imagine in the range of $23, $24 million a season, I'm not sure if he's going to get much more than that because I just think that, you know, at some point it's like with Case Keenum as well. You know, and I know Nick is a better quarterback than Case, but Case was about a $20, $21 million a year quarterback. I can see Foles get into that. The big question is this, what type of bidding war is there going to be for his services? And does some team have to blow Nick Foles away with this type of contract that is going to give him a lot of cash up front? I mean, $25 million a year, maybe, but he's not going to break the bank and set a record as a franchise quarterback. I think teams realize he's good, but not that good. But I'll tell you this, Clay, if he keeps winning and taking this Eagles team deep into the postseason and beats the Bears on Sunday, we can start adding some millions to that price tag. They're getting those seven digits ready. What about Leonard Fournette? Uh, this is one of the most staggering oh. stories I think I've seen in a long time because there were no suggestions, at least that I heard at LSU, about this guy being a malcontent, uh, about you could kind of see the wheels coming off with his pro career such that what has happened in Jacksonville. And for people who don't know, you can kind of run through the, the, what, what has gone on the last, uh, last few weeks, but this is kind of unheard of, right? It's weird, you know, how a, how a player, well, you know, I don't think he hits it off with Doug Marone, obviously. don't think he hits it off with Tom Coughlin. And, you know, you have the hamstring injury that tampered him this season. I, you know, with Leonard, it's weird. A lot of folks, you know, that, that, I have, that have been around him said that he really started to change, you know, as, as his NFL career drew closer and became a different type of guy. As you remember coming to the draft, he had the weight issue. And, and he himself admitted, I didn't work as hard this season as I could have. I mean, it, it's messy with Leonard Fournette, and it's weird, too, like you mentioned, Clay, because I thought going into the season I had a chance to talk with Leonard at training camp, and, and he seemed more mature than as a rookie, you know, and, uh, you know, like where he wanted to take on a role of team leadership. At least he said all the right things. He had dropped his weight down to about 224. He looked pretty darn good, and then everything unraveled, and his behavior yesterday, sitting on the bench with T.J. Yeldon, basically those guys off by themselves while the Jaguars, you know, lost another game and can't do anything on offense, I think I'll tell you where he's at. And, and listen, after the game in his news conference, Doug Marone said the locker room culture, that's on me. Some things have to change. And we had a group there. You know, it's one thing in Pittsburgh where, where guys, you know, talk trash and have issues with each other but ultimately come together and play on Sundays. Well, in the case of the Jaguars, this team had issues and didn't show up on Sundays, and that's not a winning combination. But Doug Marone, Dave Caldwell, and Tom Coughlin all given one more season at least to get this thing right in Jacksonville, and it starts at finding the right quarterback. And Leonard Fournette, hey, quesada, sada. You know, I could imagine he'd be on the trade market potentially this offseason unless there's a real change of attitude. 
What do you think happens uh, in the wild card weekend? So, there anybody that you love in the wild card and you think this could be a Super Bowl team? <laughs> I mean, wild card weekend, I just don't trust Chicago. I mean, Chicago's huge step, by the way, beating the Minnesota Vikings on the road. I'd like to see them do it again against a better team uh, before I really start buying stock into them. Baltimore Ravens, scary, man. Just scary. You know, the way that they run the football. Everybody knows what they're going to do, right? Nobody can stop it. I mean, and that's that's pretty darn impressive. So I actually like their odds against the Chargers. I mean, it'll be an interesting rematch, especially as you heard in the news update, Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry are reportedly on track to play. Not sold on Houston, especially because the winner of that, uh, you know, potentially Houston having to go to New England. I just, I just don't buy Houston as being that type of team. Dallas, good, not great. Seattle, eh, limited in the passing game at times. I just, I'm just not feeling it. I really think it's probably going to be New Orleans, and, and I believe New England. I just think the Patriots getting that, that first game in Foxborough is so huge. And do we trust the Chiefs to win at Arrowhead Stadium in the postseason for the first time since 1993? Yeah. Not necessarily sold on it because of that defense. Last uh, question for you. This news broke while we were on the air. Uh, Adam Schefter reporting Mike Mayock will be the Raiders' new GM. Your thoughts? Uh, I mean, it depends if he's allowed to be a GM. You know, he'll offer – look, if he and John Gruden have a good relationship and John wants to listen to Mike Mayock and take Mike's advice and don't do things like trade third-round picks for Martavis Bryant and, you know, don't, don't sign so many old guys on your team but while, you know, not paying attention to the draft. I mean, those types of things, yeah, there's a chance for success. But, any, you know, with John Gruden essentially having the final say on the personnel matters that go on there, I don't know. It, 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 John just has to respect the guy and listen to him. And hopefully Mike Mayock is a guy that he does respect. They have a good relationship, and the Raiders team can move forward. Such a huge pivotal, you know, such a huge offseason for this team play, as you know, having two first-round draft picks in addition to their own, the way that they are, they got to nail these things to start laying the groundwork, not necessarily for next season, but for 2020 in Las Vegas. Outstanding stuff as always. Alex Marvez, we'll talk to you next week. Have a good new year, my man. Thank you, Clay. Be good, baby. Uh, that is Alex Marvez. Follow him on Twitter. Final segment of the New Year's Eve edition coming up next. I'll tell you who's going to win the wild card games. This is Outkick the Coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Welcome back, Geico Outkick Studios. This is Outkick, the coverage on Fox Sports Radio. Appreciate all of you spending your New Year's Eve with us um, as we roll into a new year. Uh, been an awesome year. I want to thank you guys for all the support you have shown us. Jason Martin, I think, and Jeff Shorts will be in tomorrow on New Year's Eve taking my wife out for New Year's Eve, which is rare because usually with the college football playoff and the big uh, big New Year's Eve uh, bowl games, usually I'm out of town. So it's rare for me to be back home. I was down in Miami, got to watch uh, the Alabama and Oklahoma game. Uh, really impressive. Bounce back from an injury by Tua. Um, but uh, as you kind of look ahead, it's going to be a really great 2019 for us, but uh, you guys are a huge part of why. So I hope all of you have great, fantastic uh, holidays. I hope you have a good uh, New Year's Eve uh, if you get to go out. If you don't go out, I uh, hope you have safe and happy uh, start to your year as well. So everybody just be safe. Uh, we need you to be back with us here to uh, start 2019, but really thank you so much for being so supportive of the radio show periscope facebook the website uh the uh, new television show lock it in on fs1 and my book uh it was a really big 2018 i'm excited for the things that can come 
in 2019 as well. I told you I'd give you my picks. I'm giving them to you early this week. We'll talk about these games a lot. Uh, but Colts, Texans, uh, the Colts on the road, two-and-a-half-point underdog. I like the Colts to win outright. I think the Colts are going to go on the road and beat the Texans. Andrew Luck and the Colts playing much better uh, down the stretch. Better team. I mean, I, I don't think there's anything fake about this. I think the Colts go on the road, get the win against the Texans. I think the Seahawks go on the road, get the win against the Cowboys. I like the Seahawks better than I do the Cowboys. These are mirror image football teams. Strong run games, solid defenses, good mobile quarterbacks. The difference is Russell Wilson's better than Dak Prescott. And if I have to bet down the stretch, most of the time when you get to the playoffs, the better quarterback wins. Most of the time. Not all the time. Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. But most of the time, if you just look at who the quarterback is, the better quarterback wins. So I like the Seahawks on the road as the underdog. Same thing, Chargers-Ravens. To me, third and five in that Ravens game. It's not going to get a lot of attention. Third and five, Ravens won the option. Roll Mar- uh, Lamar Jackson out and run the option with him. Fumbled, uh, fumbled snap uh, on the pitch there. Uh, it was a disastrous-looking play. Ravens are lucky to be in the playoffs. Ultimately, you have to make plays from the passing uh, from the pocket in the playoffs. I don't believe Lamar Jackson can. I think the Chargers were sick about the way that they lost that game against the Ravens. I think the Chargers come back. Phillip Rivers gets that win on Sunday. I like the Chargers to get the win there. Eagles-Bears is the one I'm most uncertain on because I love the way Nick Foles is playing. That'll be the final one of the wildcard games on Sunday afternoon. I love the way Nick Foles is playing but I'm also just kind of really ambivalent on that one. So I'm going to withhold judgment on that one. But I like three of the underdogs to win outright in the wild cards. Give me the Colts, give me the Seahawks, and give me the Chargers as we uh, roll into wild card weekend. I'll reserve judgment on Eagles-Bears. I need to think more a little bit about that one. Also, the Bears, I think, are a five-and-a-half-point favorite, which feels steep to me. Right now, I would bet the Eagles, but I don't have as good of a read on that one as I do, uh, as I feel like I do on the other three games. Uh, we got the Alabama game going up against Clemson. I'll be out in uh, Santa Clara for that game. Uh, we'll be doing the show, I believe, Friday, Monday, and Tuesday from Santa Clara out in the Bay Area. So uh, that should be intriguing. I'm excited to see what happens in Alabama-Clemson, uh, the fourth matchup. But I also think that the college football is in danger of almost becoming a little bit like the NHL, where certain parts of the country are absolutely in love with it, and otherwise we've seen a big hollowing out where you feel like, look, Alabama and Clemson, maybe Ohio State, maybe Georgia, they've just created such a distance between themselves and the rest of college football, maybe Oklahoma, that you don't really feel like there's much competition right now. Has Nick Saban been bad for college football? We're going to discuss that on Wednesday. Um, I think it's a good topic for discussion. Uh, Go vote in our poll question. Should Marcus Mariota have played? Hell of a weekend of football. Appreciate all of you supporting me. Enjoyed going to get to watch Alabama take on Oklahoma. Big win for the Tide and also watching last night. Big win for the Colts. Andrew Luck was phenomenal. He owns the city of Nashville and the state of Tennessee. Happy New Year to all of you. Thank you for spending your morning with us on OutKick all of 2018. Good stuff coming in 2019 on OutKick. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch strata coaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.